Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, let's talk about breaking stigmas with Brandy Lifeso from Evio Beauty. At the age of 21, Brandy was living in a domestic violence shelter when she founded Evio Beauty Group Limited, an impact-led clean beauty brand on a mission to break stigmas, with inclusive, good-for-you beauty products that connect, not divide us. An alum of the Sephora Accelerate and selected as one of Chatelaine Magazine's 2018 Women of the Year, Brandy is an advocate for domestic violence reform and economic justice. In 2019, she spoke at Forbes' Under 30's first-ever Global Women's Summit in Israel and was recognized as one of Canada's top 25 women of influence in 2020. This year, she'll be speaking at the Haste and Hustle in Austin, Texas, alongside Richard Branson. Brandy's pursuit to build the brand from $15 in a domestic violence shelter to the world's first impact-led clean beauty giant has been optioned for a feature film set to hit the film festival circuit in 2025. Brandy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Elise. Yeah, I I was saying to you before we started to record, usually we like tighten up the bio a little bit, but you have so much incredible things going on that we wanted to kind of get it all in there from, you know, chatting alongside Richard Branson to some big news that got announced today with Shoppers Drug Mart um, to the feature film. We have lots to talk about today. (laughs) So much. Yeah, we've been busy. (laughs) Really busy summer. So why don't we start? by sharing a little bit about your story and just your journey. I know I know it. I know we've shared it on Style Canada before um, because you've been a part of some of the things we've done in the past. But for those listening for the first time, let's get started with that, you know, the the first stage of having that $15 in the domestic violence shelter and and how you got into, you know, Shoppers Drug Mart today. Yeah, absolutely. So I started EVO at the time. It was not called EVO. It was called Karma Face Cosmetics, actually. Um, While I was living in a domestic violence safe house shelter, I was actually living in the Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter in, in Vancouver. And I made the choice to leave an abusive relationship. And that's when I moved into the safe house. And while I was there, I had $15 on a laptop. And I spent my time distracting myself from my realities by 
watching YouTube videos. And in watching those YouTube videos, th this was also like nine years ago. Yeah, um, I, was gonna, I was just going to ask for a reference point, right? Because that YouTube beauty videos nowadays are, you know, everyone's creating those, that kind of content, but this was probably before that, that big surge of that. It was, it was totally before this big surge and the it person to watch um, the makeup tutorials with was Michelle Fenn. Okay. And she, she, as we all know, she blew up. Like she was the most, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think she was the most watched woman on YouTube at, at some point. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and she really was the was at the forefront of um, these makeup tutorials. But the reason why I also mentioned that it was nine years ago is because Photoshop was also very different nine years ago. Right. And we have made so many strides in um, stopping that that horrible aspect of altering specifically women's bodies in beauty and fashion but nine years ago that wasn't the case we were still seeing a lot of that so one of the ads that actually came up when i was watching these videos was a um photoshop ad that uh taught me how to actually like manipulate products and like utilize Photoshop properly. And so I then Photoshopped an entire catalog of fake makeup products. And then I took that catalog around to local boutiques and made pre-sales. And that's how I bootstrapped the company. Um, I told them it would take three months to get the product to shelves. And obviously I'm sitting here today and this is not a fire festival story. You can buy our products with Shoppers Drug Mart um, now. So clearly I got the products to the shelf, um, but it was it was a journey and, and something that I've kind of come around to sharing more of because I think a lot of the time we hear all these overnight success stories. It truly has been nine years and um, the ups and downs amongst those nine years have been, uh, it's been a journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, nine years and how, so how old were you when, when you first started then? I was uh, 21. So not, it's not like you had, you know, a ton of business experience, I'm guessing. What did you, what, it was it just complete like guts and risk-taking that made you think you could could kind of get this product going or what had you done a little research in terms of, you know, here's where I know I want to produce it. Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So speaking to the, the education perspective of not really having any business experience at 21, I also feel like it's super important because again, like breaking stigmas is really what drives me as an entrepreneur. The stigma also of like business education and that it's required to succeed. It's definitely an asset. There's been so many times where my lack of education prevents me from perhaps moving forward more quickly but there's also been times where it's actually really benefited me to be super naive um mm -hmm. and my last formal year of education in school was actually grade eight um I then went on to get my high school diploma through at that time too there wasn't the same kind of online education mm -hmm. so I mailed in I mailed in like duotangs with okay. with <laughs> in order to get my in order to get my high school diploma later on but my last formal year of of conventional education was grade eight and so I truly had no understanding of what I was getting myself into mm -hmm. and so I don't really think that it was like strat there was 100 no strategy right 
even taking risk. I didn't know what I was doing. It was really just one foot in front of another. There was no strategy. I didn't think I was building a business per se. I mean, I did, but I didn't. I had never even heard the word entrepreneur before. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know nobody in my life owned a business. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that was gonna be my next question. Did you have like some sort of, you know, figurehead that you kind of went to for guidance or anything like that, but no, nothing like that either. That's crazy. Yeah. Not at that point. I'm now really fortunate in where I'm at with my journey right now to have a lot of incredible people to lean on. Mm -hmm. um, but also what I've learned from their experiences as well is as kind as they are to share their experiences with me. The the consensus that I always get when when I really need advice is everybody's journey is so different that even mm -hmm. though they've gone through their own journey and they can tell me about, you know, maybe try avoiding this or maybe communicate in this way or be able to, to lend those advice. A lot of the times I'll go to a mentor and be like, what do I do? And they'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Out, you know? It's almost more like someone to bounce an idea off of, right. To get to your kind of maybe what your solution ends up being, but I'd imagine there's very few, I mean, there is very few times in business. Anyone has the same journey. Right. But that, I mean, you know, you touched on some things there in terms of obviously there was, when you think about resources, you had $15. So you didn't have the financial resources. You didn't have the, I guess, human resources from other people assisting you with this really. Um, so what resources did you have? Yeah, I love that you asked this question because again, circling back into the breaking stigma aspect is um, I think everybody's journey is really, really beautiful. But I, I love that you asked this question because it does lean into the conversation that touches on so much other um, economic injustices as well, which is a, a topic that's really something that I'm really passionate about. And everybody's entrepreneurial journey is beautiful, but I think that there is a moment to acknowledge privilege within a lot of it. And so often I'll hear people's stories being like, I started, I started my company in my parents' basement with my only savings of $4,000. And I'm like, one, you had a parent's basement to go to. Right. You, you <laughs> right. had the support of parents, period. You had a fallback yeah. plan. Um, yeah. You had $4,000 savings. Like I didn't, I didn't have savings, let alone like another meal to come from. And there's a lot of these stories that are framed from a, I hate this terminology, but I don't have any other vocabulary to really support this thought right now, but that concept of like rags to riches without mm -hmm. actually acknowledging the privilege of the resources that are available in those early stages in some of those totally. stories. Yeah. And, and I think about how harmful that is for people in different types of circumstances, like the one that I was in, because then I would hear that and be like, oh, if, if that's such a leap for them to succeed from that space, and I can't even fathom having that kind of support. And that is what is depicted in our media and in, you know, articles and business that, that that is the hard start, you know, mm -hmm. I must well not even try. And right. so part of the reason why I feel like it's so important for me to share the realities, and it is you know, you always hear like, oh, someone has it, someone has it worse. And it's true. Someone has an even harder starting point than I had. And it's not a, like mine's harder than yours or, or anything like that, but it's the acknowledgement of the resources and the privileges that help create a more conscious ecosystem for there to be more 
more support, even just mm -hmm. mentally, for those who may think that this kind of thriving and wealth is just not even a part of of what they're capable of in their lifetime. And so thank you, one, for asking that question of the resource aspect. I really had, in that moment, I did have a privilege from being able to lean on different people at different times. I had some great friends around me from that perspective. Like I'm trying to not dismiss some of the um, people who were in my life. For example, when I left the shelter, I actually did go home and back to the relationship. And then I left again. And when I left again, I, I drove 13 hours and went and slept on my sister's couch. I had a sister's couch to sleep on. That's also a privilege. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then, you know, there's a sequence of events that happened after that as well. But I had those kinds of resources and help. Um, but then I also had the added challenge of trying to navigate the shelter system, trying to navigate the domestic violence and the police system and the court system, things like that, while also trying to navigate building a business. Um, mm -hmm. And that business to me wasn't, oh, I hope I succeed one day. It was, I hope I can eat tonight. Um, mm -hmm. I hope that I can put gas in my car to get to a safe place. I hope that I can, you know, at that point, my credit was so far in the hole <laughs> that no bank would touch me with a 10 foot pole. I didn't even have a credit card. Um, and that follows you then for years as well. So I had to then work really hard. And again, this isn't, you know, that I had it so hard or anything like that. This is just the realities for a lot of yeah. people, not just myself, yeah. that I had to work really hard for seven years. So if we think about this, it's been nine years. So for seven years, all of that followed me. I was at a point where I was, was making more than a million dollars in revenue a year and still couldn't get a credit card. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like, okay. and how do you even get through the day? You can't even pay for parking yeah. without a credit card, let alone like, so then you, you are up against all of these different challenges that are created that are, it's this intersectionality that's really difficult to explain because it's not just the lack of having a parent's basement or a parent's support, it's then the ripple effect that that creates um, and then not being able to get traditional bank loans. So for example, even when we did get a huge order and, you know, I want to celebrate it and I want to be really excited about it. It was really challenging during those times because we get, we got this huge order for, I think it was like 65,000 pieces of our concealer. And I was so excited to accept it and like, oh, thank you so much. And then I realized, how am I going to place a deposit with the manufacturer to even make this? And they don't even pay me for net 60. And so I went around to different entrepreneurs that I was just starting to get to know. And I asked how, like, how did you finance this? And they're like, oh, I just took a loan out from the bank or, oh, my, my parents loaned it to me or, oh, uh, my parents mortgaged their house or I mortgaged my house that my parent helped me buy mm -hmm. or, you know, all of these different areas in which not to say it's not challenging having to remortgage a house and all of these things to, to be able to leverage these opportunities. But where do you go when a bank won't touch you? You know, you, can't get out a mortgage or anything like that mm -hmm. it is that hereditary aspect where it's going to take like my if I choose to have children my children won't have to experience that but it takes somebody breaking out of that and and growing to like I guess they call it like class jumping um okay. and also jumping out of some hereditary norms that are uncomfortable within these um 
abusive natures to be able to even get a credit card you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah well it's not that it's not this it's not the same thing and that i obviously didn't live your experience but i know like even for things from when i was sick with ovarian cancer and the the certain things that i couldn't get from the bank like i couldn't get insurance on my home because of that so it's not the same thing by any means but like there's these I get, I think what I'm trying to relate, what I'm relating with you on anyways, the things that people don't realize that can come easier, maybe if something didn't happen, I guess, um, there's all these like little tangents, right? So you might know the one big problem that, okay, you were in, you know, a domestic violence shelter. We know that, but we don't think of the, oh, you couldn't get the credit card. Oh, you didn't have a place. You know what I mean? Like, we don't think of all those offshoots of what that one main thing is and all the struggle that can come. And not just at that time, right? Not just nine years ago, not just eight years ago, but like to your point, when you were really successful, there was still some of those. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's a, a definite benefit, I think, in sharing your story to, to remind people of those like little nuances almost that are actually quite major in many ways. And I know with your company too, is it over like half a million dollars of product that you've given away? to shelters and things like that too. So talk to us a little bit about, you had that experience. What are you trying to do to make it better for those that come behind you? Cause you're doing a lot. Thank you. Um, yeah, first and foremost, I'm trying to be able to provide a platform to have these discussions about the intersectionalities of, of impact and the intersectionalities of not just domestic violence, but economic injustices and injustices in other ways as well, because this is just how I've experienced it. But to your point, you've experienced your own experiences when you became ill in a way in which also created these challenges and injustices. And, and I can't really Relate to being ill, but what I can also relate to is that you already don't have like your capacity is already low because you're already up against so many challenges. And then it's just one challenge on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. And one human only has so much capacity. Um, yeah. you know, so that that also it's it's the intersectionality of the human experience in all of that that often gets left behind because then when you're like oh well you can't get a credit card just do this okay you go do that and then next barrier okay just go do this and then you go do that at what point are you just so exhausted, exhausted. from having yeah. to run <laughs> 10 miles further than than all of the people that let's face it in business you're compared to your competitors i mean yeah. that's competitor compare like mm -hmm. that is the nature of it so at what point are you just like you know you get knocked down and you're like i'm just gonna lay on the mat for a while um so yeah. that's something that i think even just creating a platform and having these authentic conversations i'm hoping creates more awareness to the intersectionalities of things so that our world can kind of catch up to to what our world looks like today and be able to have solutions that are based on performance um, and based on uh, solutions that are going to compensate fairly to those that are working hard to change their circumstances because just because you become successful does not mean that you were smarter or that you worked harder. Um, sometimes it just simply means that you were well positioned to succeed well, you um, had more of those resources in some ways right yeah 
Yeah. So something that EVO really works hard in doing is not only, you know, donating when we can. So we have donated funds and products of more than $510,000. And in addition to that, though, we really align ourselves with partners that also understand the intersectionalities and are willing to sit down and learn and unlearn with us and with our partners. And we also we also don't want to show up to an environment and say, we're going to create impact and then just throw a check or throw product um, because you and I both know that even if those resources and the money were available, that capacity is another, is a, there's a lot of, again, intersectionalities to being able to create change within it. And an organization can't just come in and throw money at something. And if that was the case, I mean, world hunger, all of cancer would be, right. would, be a thing of the past, but it isn't um, because there, there's all these challenges presented with that. So what EVO really tries to do is actually connect with community. And so we co-create um, what we really pride ourselves on at EVO is that we are an impact-led clean beauty brand that co-creates with cause-based organizations. And so, for example, we have a lip serum collection that is partnered with the Free From organization that is focused on survivors creating wealth. And they have a plethora of different programs that are also pushing towards policy change so that not only are we providing, you know, funds to survivors in these moments and helping keep people safe, but also trying to create meaningful policy change in the future. Right. Um, a lot of it comes down to that too, right? Like what does, what does the change in the system come from? So that sounds like an amazing organization. Yeah. So Evio really, I mean, as we know better, we do better. And we're constantly finding new ways to really lean into that. And we're working with different partners to also change internal policies. So how can, you know, how can some of our partners create policies internally with their employees to be able to have, you know, domestic violence relief programs if an employee is leaving a abusive relationship or, you know, there, there's different ways to be able to create that impact internally and then ultimately bring it to a larger policy perspective from a government government perspective. But I think a lot of that also starts from the community really kind of demanding these changes and also showing up with those changes already. So we also work with organizations that are ensuring of inclusivity and um, and that, you know, something that EVO also really works hard on is ensuring that we're a gender fluid company. Um, so that beauty products we don't just focus on uh, gender-based violence or um, I hate this term, but like women's causes because mm. it's not really mm -hmm. about women, it's a societal structural issue. But mm -hmm. um, so we really try to ensure that we are looking at a number of different intersectionalities of how we can just make the world a better place. And EVO by no means is expert. So we, we try to lean into communities to learn and how we can elevate those um, causes and bring more awareness to those social issues. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Listening to everything that you do, I, and I don't know how your company is structured, but I feel like there must be like the beauty team and then like the social impact team. Because it sounds like you're doing, it sounds like you have two companies running simultaneously. <laughs> is that true? Like how, how do you, or is it, I'm sure it's obviously ingrained in your ethos, but there must be like that, to do that amount of social impact work, there must be like a lot, a dedicated kind of segment to your, to your business, I guess, about that, or you, I mean, you tell me. Yeah, it's literally our DNA. So when we are talking about a marketing campaign, the first thing that we talk about is how is this going to create impact? Um, and, and so it really is all like intertwined and we're also still a very small team. Um, so definitely is completely intertwined within each other, but also because we talk about it so much, our partners often approach us with that same approach. Then our small team becomes a little bit bigger with, right. with that, all of the partners. And so it certainly isn't something that we're doing on our own. We have so much support by so many incredible organizations and, and partners like Shoppers Drug Mart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that allows us to to really create that impact in a large yeah, that ripple effect makes it no that makes total sense I appreciate you explaining that because I do think 
you know, you mentioned you're a small team. I do think a small team can get a lot more done sometimes than a big corporation because I've worked in both of those scenarios. But it's amazing then to also, to your point, kind of push that into how you work with your partners and then have their that ripple effect happen, which is awesome. I want to go back to something that you said earlier about it kind of ties into like the resources and the exhaustion you obviously had those moments. So when, I guess one of the things I was thinking about too, when I asked you about resources was almost like your, your personal kind of toolkit, I guess, and, and mm-hmm. how, what made you get back up from the mat? Like, what did that look like for you? Cause I'm sure that happened probably a few times a year as an entrepreneur and maybe even more at the beginning. <laughs> Sometimes a few times a day, honestly. Yeah. By 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, this is awesome. I totally know what I'm doing. And by two o'clock, I'm like, I'm just going to lay here. Like, forget it. (laughs) And then by three o'clock, I'm back on the horse, you know? So um, yeah, it's very true. I, in the last year in particular, and, and I've got to say that the last year has probably been one of the hardest years, including the years in the shelter that I have ever had as an entrepreneur. Wow, okay. And it's not because of the pandemic and it's not because of you know things that people might traditionally think. I think that a lot of it comes from choosing to scale, choosing to um, continue to grow and broaden the vision and having really high expectations of of this vision while also being up against some of those limitations of resources and where we come from where where i come from like the limitations that i come from and those two things colliding in a really big way um and then also colliding with i believe that we only grow as much our businesses only grow as much as we grow as a person and i like that i don't know that i've heard that Uh, Tell me more about that. That has been a really hard thing. And this is a little bit related to COVID, but I recognize that for years now, I didn't really ever sit with my thoughts and with myself. I immediately, literally starting in the shelter, immediately threw myself into something much bigger than myself and this brand. And then all of it, and, and if I you know, was feeling a certain way, I could make myself busy and create really cool things from it and go meet incredible people and jump on a plane and go to a cool party or, or, you know, continue to, to distract myself with go, go, go. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and you couldn't get on a plane. You couldn't run from anything. You literally had to sit for myself in a 700 square foot apartment with my thoughts and I did not like what I was sitting with. And it was things that I thought that I had already dealt with. And in many ways I did, but that's the thing about a personal journey is then new things come in and you recognize new things and you have new perspectives and you have new awakenings. And and all of a sudden you're sitting in your apartment, not being able to escape, having to deal with them. And having to experience that while also simultaneously constantly talking about my story Mm -hmm. Uh, and then while simultaneously trying to grow a business and being compared to other businesses that maybe have a different trajectory or you know that are really just focused on selling makeup Um, Mm -hmm. whereas to your point we're kind of focused on two things but 
a little bit of a sidetrack on that. I also feel like look at a tobacco company, for example. They lobby all the time. True. All yeah. the time to yeah. line their own pockets. So like, let's do the same thing as businesses. I really feel yeah. as if there's a, we went from clean to sustainable. And I think our future of business, not just in beauty, but in general, act led. Why can't, if tobacco companies can lobby to line the pockets in order to have new laws implemented for their tobacco, then we can certainly lobby to have better human rights for those that are going to be using our product. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so I kind of see it just in that same, we're just doing the same thing and tobacco company is doing, but I think in a much more positive way. Um, <laughs> Definitely but, better. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that all of that kind of coming to a perfect head um, created this really challenging spot where either we're going to die or we're going to thrive like as a company um, through this experience in the last year because we can't stay where we are. We need to scale. We have all the ability to scale, but we don't have the resources to scale. It's this economic stance right now where it's very difficult to raise money. Um, and we're kind of this in between where we're in this weird adolescent phase where we're no longer a startup, but we're also no longer we're, we're not we're not a large company. We're not a sustainable, you know, mm -hmm. that can can compete with, you know, the Estee Lauders or right. these other right. of, of the beauty yeah. space. And so it's this kind of awkward adolescent space. And I'm in this awkward space of my healing as well. And so again, it leans into that capacity. And um, I really, really struggled with that over the past year. But to your to your question, some of those tools that I really leaned into is I, I've always been a really big advocate for trying different modalities of therapy and finding what works for you in that moment. And sometimes what worked for me then doesn't work for me now. But I've leaned into psychedelic therapy. Currently, right now, what is making a big difference for me is hypnotherapy. Hmm. Um, so I do hypnotherapy sessions once a week. Um, and again, leaning into understanding the privilege of all of that, because all of these modalities are wildly expensive. Um, right. right. So they're not accessible to everybody either. Yeah. And not often covered, even if they were maybe at a corporate company. Yeah. No, but I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you sharing some of that. One of the questions that came when, as you were telling that kind of giving that backstory is, do you feel like sharing your personal story like you're doing today has helped share or helped rather heal some at all? Like, do you, do you feel like, or has it been made it more difficult at times too? Yes. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> as I said, yeah. I was like, wait, maybe the opposite too. <laughs> Actually, a perfect example of that is actually last week during our Shoppers Drug Mart launch. So I was fortunate enough, like huge shout out to Shoppers Drug Mart. They are the most incredible and perfectly aligned organization to help us champion impact-led business and impact-led beauty. They've really gone above and beyond to bring support to, to EVO throughout this time of the launch. And one thing that they had provided us with was I spoke to at their beauty conference last week in front of 1500 beauty managers and beauty advisors. And so it was a sea of, of these beautiful faces staring back at me. And I was um, asked to share my story. And this was already an emotional week coming off of a very emotional year, coming off of a very intense summer um, mm -hmm. with, with our raise, with, um, 
you know, some of just these things that I never thought would be my realities. We also are working with a new board of advisors, Maggie, um, who was the former CEO of Yves Saint Laurent Beauty. She is a dynamo and the most incredible woman. And so all of these things that when I sit and think about it, like it's emotional to think about, um, you know, how much we've had to overcome to get here. And also, you know, how important it is to continue to share this story with now this platform. I mean, this is literally why we did it. And it's it's our entire DNA in existence. But when I got on that stage, the emotions just like rushed over me. I could stand on that stage and talk about beauty education, and I could talk about resilience, impact business, entrepreneurship, um, empathy for days and sit in my power. But when I got on stage and I started talking about my experience with the police, I had to stop because I was so emotional. Um, and so that's challenging because now not only as a founder, am I dealing with the experience of this overwhelming week of, mm -hmm. um, and this overwhelming summer of a lot of these milestones that often, um, often, you know, most people never experience in their entire lives. Um, and I certainly thought I would never experience in my life. And now I'm experiencing all of that, plus standing on stage in front of 1500 people staring back at me, telling them some of the darkest moments of my life. Um, and then getting off stage and having hundreds of women share their experiences with me. I was going to say, I'm sure after you shared that you had more people coming to like people coming and sharing their, their stories after. Yeah. And then ending all of that with please buy our makeup. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what you bring up an interesting point though, that I've often thought in like my situation more so, cause from the charity side and there's many women that die, you know, from cancer, et cetera, in our organization. And so it got to a point, I wonder, maybe this is, maybe we'll edit this part out. You don't have to necessarily answer this, but you know, I just wonder, like it, it got to a point where we had to hire like grief counselors on and things like that, because you're sharing, you know, and you sharing all that emotion, like, yeah, it's, it's wonderful and beautiful that we all kind of come together as a community, but I don't think we're, you know, we're such a sharing society now that we're also not thinking about like, oh gosh, like what is that doing to me as I'm like reopening and rehashing this now on this really public forum. And then I also have to receive everyone else's story and like, how am I showing compassion amidst I'm sure you were crying to like just all of the things. Right. And we're so as a society, like want to know the brand story that like, you can't really get away from it, but how do you also make sure that you're like taking care of yourself. I don't know the answer to that. I think you, you did say some of those things that you've done, but it's a lot. I can imagine like, and that would be super overwhelming and a yeah. stage of that size. Like, I feel like I want to hug you for doing that. Like, yeah, that would yeah. for but sure. Also on the flip side of that coin, when you get that kind of response, it also is, it's a reminder as to why it's so important that you do it. Yeah, um, yeah. We use this platform for for that moment because yeah. I, you know, something that's so interesting about the Log Laws Umbrella and Shoppers Drug Mart, and I hope it's okay with them that I'm saying this, but um, they're the one of, if not the biggest, um, employer in all of Canada. Oh wow! Okay. And so, statistically, 
if a hundred thousand women are experiencing what something similar to what I experienced every single year in this country, some of those are their employees. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so if I was able to stand on that stage and, and share how I was able to, you know, make my wildest dreams come true and now stand on that stage and receive all of this loving, incredible support, make these dreams come true while also creating a new category of beauty and impact led so that we can change the path forward so that themselves and myself and the people to come afterwards are going to have a better new experience and also have somebody to look up to if if they ever find themselves in that circumstance because brandy in the shelter staring at this deco ceiling certainly didn't have anybody to point to being like you know her life was better after the shelter mine can be too mm-hmm. that didn't exist and so being able to to share in that experience with and be able to share in the experience of now not just trauma sharing Mm-hmm. but actually making change together mm-hmm. and actually doing it in an intersectionality way where it's not us standing up and being like, EVO's donated half a million dollars, like pat ourselves on the back, like actually leaning into the policy change, actually leaning into um, leaning into sharing for the purpose of change, not again for, for trauma sharing or for like like trauma profiting or anything like that it really it has been in a way and I think that's where the fine line of the challenges of to your point it's almost like running two businesses is both of those are so equally important um to EVO that it it literally is one doesn't exist without the other and it's that authenticity that I think if I didn't share my story and experience I'm not sure you could create something in the way in which EVO exists and is able to have these incredible partners come on board to create meaningful change that will lead to policy change, which will lead to a better future um, without that moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so again, this kind of like fine line. Yeah. 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 No, that's a perfect way of saying it. And in a perfect spot, I think to, to wrap up too, because I'm leaving this conversation so inspired feel like, um, you've done, I mean, you shared some of the amazing milestones that are happening this year with the business or happened even between, you know, your new board, the launch with shoppers. I know you have some great product launches coming up as we get into the holiday. Is there anything else that we need to keep our eye on this? I mean, we will keep our eye on you by all means, but anything else going on with the film or anything to touch on? That is such a surreal experience, which leans into exactly what we were just discussing as well is I'm not, you know, sharing my story or I didn't agree to option my life story for a film because I was like, oh, my life is a film like there is. Domestic violence is often depicted in the media in one particular way, and it's often a single mom um, who is living in poverty, whom you know, experiences domestic violence, and then she leaves this relationship, and it's her and her child, and they are safe, and that is, that's the happy ending, and that is a happy ending, don't get me wrong, that's incredible, that's, you know, that's what we can all, you know, um, strive for, and hope for, and help, help create for one another, but that's not where domestic violence ends and same with other people's experiences there again there's so much intersectionality to it and there's um that's not 
I've never seen my experience depicted in media. And I think that it's really important for people to continue to dream while experiencing these traumas and these these challenging times in their lives. Um, and so being able to be the muse for a film that is going to, you know, depict um, hope and change and, you know, that the topic of entrepreneurship, which is also a hot thing in the media. Um, you know, we're seeing like the Theros group or the WeWork or WeCrash, um, yeah. all of those things. I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to, as we were talking about resources within entrepreneurship, I think it's going to be really interesting to share a different entrepreneurship journey on on film as well. So I'm just as as like, I don't know what to expect either. And I'm trying to have no expectations because <laughs> what is the real weird moment to watch your life play out on on a film? Totally. Um, yeah. So I'm really, really grateful and excited for that opportunity. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on your spaces um, on social and on site just to see when that kind of comes out because hopefully it'll be a part of one of the film festivals then or something that we'll be able to catch it yeah yes. well very cool thank you so much brandy for being here with us today i know it's it's been a big you know last few months and it looks like it's going to continue to be a big year so thanks for taking the time to chat with us and for sharing you know sharing your story because it is it can be also emotionally exhausting at points in time so i appreciate you taking time out of your work day Thank you so much, Elise. This was such a great conversation. I'm grateful to be here with you. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.